You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to site now, we have everything you need to dominate your draft rankings, cheat sheets. I've got my list of sleepers there, underrated by their draft values here in 2021, as well as the flip side of that, the do not draft list. We also have a look at your draft strategy plan, things you need to know in trying to formulate your draft plan for 2021 in fantasy football. So all kinds of good stuff there. More good stuff coming here. We talked about a little bit about strategies, and one of them is debating who you should take at a particular position. When two guys are closely ranked, it's hard to know. You look all the way across the industry. People like one guy more than the other. You hear multiple opinions here. Well, I'm going to provide another opinion for you, but something to think about when you're making these debates on the clock, if you're... Deciding between quarterback A and quarterback B, what you need to know. So we already did that with the running backs yesterday, the draft debates there with those running backs closely in rank and half point PPR. We're going to go back to the fantasy pros expert consensus rankings here. Look at the quarterbacks that are tightly knit here and see how you can get some separation. What you should think when you're on the clock and you have to decide between those two guys as your QB1 or QB2. So we'll get into that in a moment. I do have to tell you at the top that this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, so we're going to go straight down the line. We're going to start early in the draft and go pretty deep here into the QB2. So, so we'll start right off the top, the debate that's been raging now. Kyler Murray versus Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, two years ago, the MVP. Kyler Murray, big-time breakout season last year. Getting closer rank. Lamar continues to slide up the draft boards here. So, when you look at Murray and Jackson, a very similar baseline, high level of running. They can both rush for 1,000 yards, add a lot of production that way. I think what you have to look at is the passing. Who's got the more dynamic passing ability here? And who's got the better support to do that? And what team is going to probably throw more? And I think it says Cardinals with A.J. Green now in the mix. You have Rondell Moore. They can spread the field quite a bit. Their running back, Chase Edmonds, is a good scout back here that they will feature most of the time. So spreading the field horizontally and vertically, I think that's what the Cardinals want to do here for Cliff Kingsbury. They're also a very effective running team, much like Baltimore. But again, I think they want some more downfield dynamics. They do have DeAndre Hopkins, where you look at Lamar Jackson, between Marquise Brown and Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman when he gets back, the rookie first-rounder from Minnesota, you don't have that same level. Kyler Murray doesn't have the tight end situation that Lamar Jackson has in Mark Andrews, but everything else Murray has a favor in. It's a tough division there in the NFC West, but the AFC North is no slouch there either. So everything is pretty close between Murray and Jackson. I'm going to go with Murray. I think he has a higher trajectory here going forward in the passing game. And that's the separation. I think you're going to have a lot of shootouts there in that division out there with the 49ers, Rams, and Seahawks, where I think there's going to be some more contained games with Baker Mayfield, Ben Roethlisberger, and Joe Burrow in that division. So I'm going with Kyler Murray over Lamar Jackson, sticking with 
what most people are liking there. This next debate came up on our fantasy live show there. We uh, took questions there from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Great show there if you uh, were able to uh, join us there. So thanks a lot for that. But we'll have another one soon. Marcus Mosher, Matt Williamson, and I took a lot of questions. And we talked a lot about this guy, Aaron Rodgers, there at at number 8. Our host of their Locked On Packers uh, talked about Aaron Rodgers. Why is he undervalued there? For natural regression purposes. He's number seven. Justin Herbert is number eight. It's interesting that a lot of people are not into Justin Herbert's regression after a big rookie year. I think they point to maybe the offense being better with Joe Lombardi, but we're not sure. I mean, he was comfortable last year with Anthony Lynn and Shane Steichen. You lose a key receiver there in Hunter Henry. You're still trying to figure out Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, who's going to compliment Keenan Allen. Austin Eckler, you figure, will be a big part of this out of the backfield. So, everything is changing. You can't just discount the fact that, uh, yes, there are positive vibes about this offense, but it's a big change from a rookie season into year two to have a different philosophy, different coaching staff, all that. I think the Chargers are going to be a little bit of a better defensive team with Brandon Staley as well. They're going to rely a little bit more on the run. You'll see some downfield passing for sure, but we know we're going to see that from Aaron Rodgers in the running game. Now, people are worried about touchdown regression. I get it. That's a part of it when you have a high touchdown pass rate, the way Rodgers did last year. But I think it'll balance out where I still think a Rodgers floor ends up being a little bit higher than Herbert here. And he's climbing up the boards again now that people are comfortable he's in Green Bay. The weapons are about equal here because you have one dominant receiver, Devontae Adams versus Keenan Allen. But looking at Rodgers versus Herbert, Herbert runs a little bit, but not substantially more than Rodgers, where that gives him an advantage there. So that's why Rodgers is behind uh, these other guys, Murray Jackson, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, going up to Josh Allen as well, because he's not going to give you much rushing production. It's a lot tied to his passing here, but the passing is in a groove. He's got now Randall Cobb and Amari Rodgers on top of uh, what he has, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Alan Lazard, Robert Tunyon supporting uh, Devontae Adams. So there's going to be more diversity. They're going to put up a lot of points. Again, you can't assume Aaron Jones is going to go up to the 19 touchdowns. You also can't assume that Aaron Rodgers is going to go back down to his touchdown total from 2019. So Rodgers, I would like over Herbert. Just a little bit more consistency in the system. And I think uh, you just have to be wary of a sophomore slump a little bit, given how great Herbert was as a revelation last year. The next debate we'll take before we take our first break here, it's Tom Brady versus Jalen Hurts. Now, People have been feeling the Hurts love here. Brady is number 10 in most rankings. We're looking at this, the end of the QB1s, kind of. You have Jalen Hurts at number 11. So you had uh, Murray versus Jackson. We like 3 over 4 there in Murray. We like 7 over 8 right now in Rodgers over Herbert. And we're going to continue that and say we like Brady over Hurts here at 10 over 11. These guys are going pretty close to each other, but... One thing I see with Brady, he's going to fall into some decent fantasy numbers. I know it's hard to replicate the touchdowns and all that, but look at who he has. I mean, he's loaded at tight end. O.J. Howard comes back. You have uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, both healthy. you got uh, Antonio Brown in a big part of this offense. Rob Gronkowski's not going to work. Cameron Braid is around. Gio Bernard adds another element with Leonard Fournette for catching pass out of the backfield. And don't forget about Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, and Jalen Durden. This is a loaded team. I know they want to run the ball and all that, but it's the no risk it, no biscuit. I think you'll see Bruce Arians' influence more on Tom Brady here. So I know Brady's going to give you nothing in terms of the running ability, but 
look, he's got enough weapons here to light it up in the passing game. I think they'll unleash him. I think the one concern is the Bucks might be too good of a team or they're not throwing or trailing. But I also see Brady as a guy, remember, the Patriots used to pile it on where Brady would stay out there to the third or fourth quarter and he would add that extra touchdown, third or fourth touchdown. He'd be like, why are these still out there if you're playing against him? So he's a guy that's going to keep bringing it in Tom Brady. And with the passing game, he's going to just fall backwards into production here at a high volume of coming off a big season. So I trust Brady a little bit more than Hurts, a little less volatile. Same thing with Rodgers over Herbert. Hurts, uh, he's going to have that great running ability, but where is he throwing to consistently? Dallas Goddard is the only trusted receiver right now. I think Devontae Smith has to come back from injury. You have uh, Jalen Rieger flashing, but needs to do more. Quez Watkins, speed guy, but we have to see more. I think Zach Ertz is shot. I'm not sure how the things are going to come out of the backfield. Where I'm 100% sure about all Brady's weapons and depth there in the Buccaneers' offense and know that it could go to the next level while Hurts breaking into a new offense here with Nick Sirianni. So Hurts' running gives him a lot here, but I still like Brady over Hurts and agree with that. So going with all those guys in those debates, we'll get into uh, 10 here. Actually, we'll do 11 for you. We'll upgrade it and uh, give you an extra bonus one. One that we're not quite sure a little bit about uh, yet in terms of who you're actually deciding between. We'll get into that finally in our last segment. But I do have to, again, remind you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now possible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more of the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Now, check out. Uh, Whatever you need, specifically at rockauto.com, they'll have it for you. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. As complicated and as obscure as they might be, you'll find them at rockauto.com. The only way to do that is to go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we here at Locked On sent you. You'll find amazing selection and reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need. They're all at rockauto.com. We'll be right back here to uh, break down our next set of uh, QB debates in the QB1, QB2 borderline for 2021 fantasy football. All right, let's uh, continue the show here. Uh, We did uh, get through some nice debates. So we have Murray over Jackson. We went from that to Rodgers over Herbert, and then... 10 over 11, Brady over Hertz here in the rankings. Looking at all these closely ranked quarterbacks here, trying to make those tough draft calls. This is an interesting one. In one corner, you have last year's first overall pick coming off an ACL injury, Joe Burrow. We haven't seen him in the preseason at all. Will we see him? We'll see. Trevor Lawrence, this year's number one overall pick. We've seen him. He looked pretty good in the first game for the Jaguars. Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence here? Lawrence has a lot of buzz because of the weapons and being the first overall pick. It's this year's flavor. Burrow still hasn't been on the field, so out of sight, out of mind. We know that can affect fantasy football value here. So when you look at that, Burrow versus Lawrence, I mean, the weapons are pretty good on both ends. Lawrence has DJ Chark when he's back healthy with Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault. You have also uh, Travis Antian out of the backfield. But you look at Joe Burrow, he's got Jamar Chase, his go-to guy from LSU. 
T. Higgins is established already. He's a pretty good young receiver. Tyler Boyd is an excellent slot receiver. You have CJ Uzuma coming back at tight end. Burrow and the tight end had good chemistry there before Uzuma went down and then Burrow went down after him. So you have that. You have a decent running back there, Joe Mixon, that you can dump off to. So Burrow has a lot of things going on his side. He's also got a little bit of experience in his particular offense. I think his offense is going to open up a little bit more. Well, I think Lawrence could be held back a little by his. And keep in mind, Burrow did his share of running. I mean, there's a perception that Burrow's not much of a running quarterback, but he can provide some of that element. So I really think of a big breakout season, comeback season for Joe Burrow. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to take some lumps as a rookie quarterback. So I'm going with Burrow over Lawrence easily here, and I think Burrow can easily crack into the top 12 with the passing volume he's about to have with a great receiving core in Cincinnati. This is not the most inspiring debate, but it's going to come up at some point if you wait at quarterback and you're in a deeper league and you're just going to wait out everybody while maybe somebody gets a combination of a tried and true veteran and with a youngster with upside. You have Matt Ryan versus Kirk Cousins. Now, behind them, I'll have to say there's not a lot, so there soon will be a drop-off at this position. So you don't want to get too cute and wait too long. I think you can get one of those guys for upside later, but... You also need someone who can start and give you some viable production first. So Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, this one's a hard one. I think, to me, I look at the weapons here, and it's very similar. I think you'll see a lot of 12 personnel from both teams. That means only two wide receivers in different forms here. But with uh, the Falcons, certainly they can put out two tight ends with Hayden Hurst still around to help Kyle Pitts. You have Calvin Ridley, but what do you do next at receiver? Are you looking at... Russell Gage or Olamide Zacchaeus or one of these guys stepping up. Where you look at Kirk Cousins, where do we know he's going? We know he's going to Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Irv Smith Jr. So he's got three. Don't forget about Irv Smith in here. But I'd say when you look at the body of work, Thielen and Jefferson, even so with Ridley being a stud and Pitts probably being studded from tight end Kyle Pitts, the rookie, I think you look at Cousins having the better overall situation. So it's pretty close between Ryan Cousins, two pop. Pocket quarterbacks that have had some big numbers in the past. Ryan is adjusting to a new offense. Sometimes that doesn't always work out for him. He always needs a year to adjust, it seems like, whether it's Kyle Shan, Steve Sarkeesian, or now the combination of Arthur Smith and Dave Ragone. Here with uh, Kirk Cousins, you're looking at a guy that's in the same offense, the Kubiak system, things we know is going to be are going to be better, and I think the Vikings are overall going to be a better offense and a better team. That's going to help Kirk Cousins as well. So, in this debate, we are going uh, Kirk over Matt Ryan here in this decision. Now, the next one we'll go to is uh, Baker Mayfield versus Tua Tagovailoa. They're right next to each other, right behind those two guys we just mentioned. Ryan versus Cousins. I'm going Mayfield all the way. I think I've hinted this at this uh, quite a bit here on the show. I love Baker Mayfield at 17. I think he's a guy that can creep in with Joe Burrow into those QB1 conversations. Sometimes it's QB1, it's just the level of production, right? There could be a lot of guys close together. I would like Baker Mayfield's upside, for example, more than Ryan Tannehill at this point. And I think he could also outpoint Jalen Hurts. I do love Matthew Stafford, but I think Mayfield has that opportunity as well. Here's why. I mean, I think Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry are healthier. They said they want to use Austin Hooper more in the passing game. More diversity at tight end and wide receiver this year. You have Kareem Hunt on the backfield. Mayfield's got that comfort level in Kevin Stefanski's offense. I think they want to take that next step and open things up, throw downfield, now that they have the receiving 
ability to do that. So I think his team is just going to be more explosive overall. They're going to still be a running team in the baseline there, but we know that running can set up things for Tannehill for big results. So I see Mayfield maybe being the new Tannehill, and that's why I really like him down at 17 here. The offense is just too good. The team is just too good. And Tua, look, there's some things that in Tua's offense that are nice. Uh, Will Fuller, if he can stay healthy, he could be special here. As a field stretcher, you have Jalen Waddle, the rookie, that Tua knows very well from Alabama. You got Mike Gusecki, you got uh, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams as the holdovers here. So there are some things to like, but Tua's kind of starting from scratch here. Mayfield's more established here with Stefanski, but Tua's got to adjust to his uh, co-offensive coordinators, uh, the promoted running backs coach Eric Studesville, George Godsey, the Titans coach, expected to call plays here. So big change here from Chan Gailey, so he's still adjusting to that. Baker Mayfield, everything points to him being a lot more reliable and this it's not even close and Baker maybe should be even ahead easily of uh, Ryan and Cousins here and even uh, Trevor Lawrence at this point in the rankings that's how confident I am in Baker Mayfield again probably the hottest sleeper that you can go out at at this position so we will uh, talk about one more here before we take our final break that would be the battle between Justin Fields and Trey Lance now these guys are pretty close they're in the 20s here at quarterback. I think Justin Fields is a closer path to starting, and that's why I would go there. I like Lance's upside too, but Fields has high upside too. I mean, you look at Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Deterrent Cohen maybe having a bigger role out of the backfield, Cole Komet, uh, Jimmy Graham. They're decent enough weapons, plus Fields' own running ability, where I think it'll be let loose a little bit. We saw Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky had that opportunity with Matt Nagy, so I think you'll see that with Justin Fields here as well. Trey Lance, again, we're not guaranteed he'll start where I think Fields can convince the Bears to start sooner rather than later, maybe even as early as week one over Andy Dalton. I think they're going to stick to Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. Garoppolo just has a better track record with his particular team in his particular offense having success versus Dalton, and that's why I think it's hard for Lance to start right away. He was a little bit more inconsistent, uneven in his preseason debut where Justin Fields looked very comfortable, looked the part as a starter. So Fields over Lance, I think there's a bit of separation there. I'm excited about Lance. Overall, and if he gets in there, I think he could uh, overtake Fields easily. But with what we know now, if you're drafting for the now, and you're looking for someone who can maybe start not too long for your team when you bridge it with other fantasy quarterbacks, it is Justin Fields. All right, we have four more to talk about. We'll close the show with those in our final segment. But I do have to remind you again about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. What's your favorite Bilt Bar flavor? The only way to find out is check out all their nine core delicious flavors. They include coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salt, caramel. There's something for everyone. The only way to find out what your favorite flavor is is go try all of them. And I like the brownie ones a lot. Mint brownie, peanut butter brownie. It's chocolate on chocolate, but also that flavor of a mini dessert there for eating your protein bar. So covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you get two each of nine flavors. That can't be beat. Built Bar, the flavors uh, have between 17 and 18 grams of protein. They're awesome tasting, but also awesomely healthy. Only 130 to 180 calories, 4 grams to 5 grams net sugar, and 4 to 5 grams net carbs in each Built Bar. Nine amazing core flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get whatever you like there at BuiltBar.com. You choose, you customize. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I also have to tell you that BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is 
here near the end, but you can still uh, get in on the action here. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and information for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NFL, with all our futures and props, preseason games this weekend uh, starting tonight. So a lot of good stuff there, and all your UFC MMA action with all the big fights ahead. Before the next pitch, kickoff, or fight, head over to Bet Online, your laptop or mobile device, and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and Contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Is this your chance to get in the game as teams continue to run in the MLB postseason and get started in the NFL preseason? Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is enter the promo code locked on, but online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's uh, close the show looking at our last few debates here. Uh, one that we're looking at is uh, for sure. Daniel Jones versus Derek Carr. We haven't really talked much about Daniel Jones or Derek Carr. They've been kind of flying under the radar. Derek Carr has uh, Darren Waller and some other young, good young receivers there. Henry Ruggs could get involved. You have John Brown, Hunter Renfro, and Brian Edwards. But this is not necessarily a high-volume passing game. Kenyon Drake helps out of the backfield as a receiver. But Josh Jacobs is capable there as well. I think John Gruden wants to commit more to the running game there this year uh, with that combination of Jacobs and Drake. I think Carr has a capped kind of upside, where I think Daniel Jones is higher upside. He's a pretty good runner. He's got now Kenny Galladay in the mix with Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. Kadarius Toney could have an impact at some point. You still have Evan Ingram at tight end with Kyle Rudolph. Saquon Barkley out of the backfield as well, who's a great pass catcher. So a lot of people to facilitate Jones to help him put up numbers, and Jones is on running and distributing the ball. So I want to go with upside, the sleeper. I'm going with Jones over Carr here, uh, easily as the decision at... Uh, this debate, again, it's a lower-tier debate, but you're looking for a backup with some upside here. Jones, I think, has the better overall schedule. I think he'll be in more shootouts. Uh, Derek Carr, I think, will run into some tougher matchups here with the Chargers and Broncos defense improve. The Chiefs also can be more difficult this year. So, Jones, I think, in the NFC East, there are some exploitable defenses on all across his schedule here. So, Daniel Jones certainly has a better schedule and a better upside here than Derek Carr in terms of his secret stash as a QB2. Now we'll go to the combination of Sam Darnold versus uh, Russell Wilson, or Zach Wilson. So it's the former Jets quarterback, first round pick. That was the number three overall pick versus the number two overall pick. Zach Wilson, guess who played each other for week one? It's the Panthers and Jets. So good stuff there that we're going to look at here. And uh, it's uh, kind of an explosive... uh, combination of players here for the Jets that we've seen develop here for Zach Wilson. Corey Davis looks pretty good. Keelan Cole has established himself, always underrated, liked him with the Jaguars as a reality receiver, but can help here Zach Wilson put up some numbers. You have Davis and Cole. You also have uh, Elijah Moore, the the second-round pick they're buzzing about. Jameson Crowder is still around, so he can be valuable. Got a pretty good depth at tight end. You've got Denzel Mims. If they want to dust him off and think he's a better fit for this offense, you could look at Denzel Mims being more of a factor here for the Jets. So Zach Wilson, better offense overall, I think, with Michael Floor running to set up the pass. They're going to have to pass quite a bit, where I think the Panthers are going to be running game defense-oriented here to try to help them win games here. They have a good young defense. They've got Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. They can trust for big workload. I think Wilson's going to have higher volume. I think he's going to be the better overall quarterback. You can run around a little bit, so... Not even a question. I'm taking Zach Wilson over Sam Darnold every day. All right, we just have a couple more debates to look at here. One is very interesting because it's two familiar names tied with their draft. It's a Carson Wentz versus Jared Goff. 
Yeah, that's how far these guys have fallen. They were 1-2 in the draft there in 2016. So now you get Wentz slightly ahead of Goff. It's very hard to know how healthy Carson Wentz is going into the season. We expect him, like the Colts do, to be ready for Week 1. But then again, he might not be. Jared Goff, we know the Lions are going to stink. And he can throw the ball quite a bit high volume here. So that's our concern with DeAndre Swift. I know there's some checkdowns and all that. But I think the Lions defense is going to be terrible. Well, I think the Colts' defense is going to be a backbone of their team. They're going to be run-centric team. So this is a hard call because the Lions are just not a very good team or the Colts can be rather competitive and have a very good offense overall, and that'll open things up for Carson Wentz if he's back healthy. Wentz, you look at last year's numbers, before that fall-off with the Eagles, they're kind of the second half to the late part of the season. He was producing. He was getting the numbers through touchdowns and running Enough for fantasy football where he's a backdoor QB1. So I don't expect that with Wentz. I think he falls more in that Philip Rivers category in this Colts offense, even with that Nick Sirianni with Frank Reich. But I still like him. The schedule's better for the Colts overall. And just playing in their division. Lions have it tough here. They're not going to win a lot of games. So I'm going with Carson Wentz, barely. He also gives you a bit of running ability to produce some numbers there. I think the weapons are... Slightly better for Carson Wentz overall than Jared Goff. So Wentz over Goff in this particular debate, even though they went in reverse order in the 16 draft. Finally, let's look at our last debate here. This one, we know one part of it. It's Cam Newton. So we have a good feeling that Cam Newton's still going to start over Mac Jones. So keep that in mind. If Mac Jones is starting, no interest at all. But Cam Newton has a little bit of back-end, really late QB3 appeal. I just wanted to break this down for you. Miss Winston versus Taysom Hill. So that's another battle that could emerge here between two number one overall picks. James Winston, the guy in 2015. Cam Newton, the guy in 2011. I'm thinking it's going to be Winston being the starter. Hill gives you the running upside. But Winston is not someone you can totally forget about if he's starting. I get the Saints receivers are a little bit of a mess without Michael Thomas. But he can throw downfield. The Saints defense is not as very good. So I look at the Winston having some opportunities to throw downfield with the bigger arm. Not running really hurts Winston's value. So Hill and Newton is pretty tight here. I think Newton is still ahead of Winston there in the value. So if it was Hill starting for the Saints, I think uh, I would say Hill has an argument to go ahead of Cam Newton because the running ability scoring there. We know what he can do, and the weapons are decent enough where Cam Newton still has some question marks about his weapons. But if it's Winston in there, I think Cam Newton is the better option because of the running ability and uh, short passing game, potential for touchdowns there where Winston is still limited in his receiving core, and it's going to be a lot of Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. Even though the Patriots are going to be run-heavy too, I think they have a few options there, tight end or wide receiver who can score well. Without Thomas, Winston is very limited in that department, and he can't make up for it with the running the way that Hill can. So there you have it. There's a look at your top draft debates all the way down to the early QB3s, starting all the way up at QB1. So we decided 11 situations for you. So if those situations come up on the clock, you'll be prepared, and you'll have a lot to think about now with your fantasy football Roster construction, whether you're looking for starters, backups, or a flyer late. Before we get out of here, I do have to tell you that betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. 
This has been another edition of Locked on Fantasy Football. Thanks so much for listening. We will close the week in a nice way here, looking at the wide receivers and the draft debates that you have to make across the board there. So we'll go a little bit deeper at wide receiver to close the week. Good stuff all around. Check out anything you missed here on Locked on Fantasy Football as you're preparing for your 2021 NFL draft. No nonsense, to the point, loaded with information, daily podcasts. That's what we bring you here on Locked on Fantasy Football. For LOFF, this is Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. See you Friday.